Hello again, everybody, and welcome to Submit for Your Approval. It's Twilight Zone Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Cruz, and with me, I have the always wonderful, always beautiful, my wife, Chelsea. Hello. Chelsea. Hello. <laughs> uh, how are you today, ma'am? Doing well. You look, you look splendid. Aw, you know, thanks. That, you got that Hawaii com- complexion to you. It's called Red. <laughs> red. Uh, <laughs> your favorite restaurant is Red Lobster. That's right. Um, lobsteritas for, for the win. You don't actually get lobsteritas ever. I wouldn't not get one. Which, I'm not against a lobsterita. <laughs> uh, if you had to go to Red Lobster and get a drink, what would you get? Lobsterita. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's that's wonderful. I you love. Always go for the dirty martini. That's how you can tell if the the restaurant's good or not. If the dirty martini is good, then the restaurant itself is good. Yes. So if I go to a Red Lobster, and, and we'll, we'll get to the episode in a second, folks, but if we go to Red Lobster and you get a dirty martini and it's, and it's good, but the rest of the food sucks, it, it's still a good restaurant. Yeah, and then you complain, and you throw your drink, and you get free food. <laughs> <laughs> Give me more <laughs> them, them, them rolls. Dirty lobster teenies. <laughs> um. Well, I, I have to say this. Thank you for coming on the show again. You're welcome. Um, you know, it it's a de- it's a testament, not a detriment. It's a testament to to your love for me and uh, and my personality. So thank you ahead of time. Uh, you ready to get right into this? Yeah. I guess technically it's not right into it because we we talked about lobster lobsteritas, uh, but this is episode 15. I shot an arrow into the air. Originally aired January 15th of 1960. Uh, it stars um, Ted Otis as, as Pearson, who uh, we'll get into his his wonderful role. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. Uh, Dewey Martin as, as Corey, and Ed Benz, I believe, as Donlin. Okay. Colonel Donlin. We've got, uh, we got two good guys and a bad guy. Uh, well, you can't, we can't spoil him. I yet. got it. You don't know which one's which? Oh... I like your style, kid. I thought it. I thought about it before I said it. <laughs> uh, this episode was directed by Stuart Rosenberg, and it was written by Rod Serling, and it was based on a concept uh, by Madeline Champion, who, interesting, that we read about. Yeah. Uh, it was just a friend of a friend. A or, wife. A, a, a wife of a friend. His friend's wife, yeah. And she had this idea for this episode. Uh, she had this, this concept in mind, and he said, you know what? You and your husband... We will make a Twilight Zone episode about this. Yes. And and what a nice story. What a nice story. But wait for it. But <laughs> um, so okay, let's let's get into the synopsis here. Oh wait, I want you to tell the part about. Oh, okay. All right. He gave her a refrigerator for in exchange for her idea. Well, he gave her a refrigerator in exchange for her idea. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> well, you wanted me to tell, and so I went. And I threw that out there. <laughs> uh so the synopsis let's let's get into it uh we start the the episode they're at like a command center right uh like a mission command center like a probably cape canaveral or something like that mm-hmm. and they're launching a a rocket uh a manned eight-manned rocket into the air it's called i think it's called arrow two Air, arrow one it's arrow one because we later find out that it was there was no prototype made there's only one ship built and it took four and a half years Ugh, to build boy i wish i'd watched this episode i'd, I'd know a lot more about what we're talking <laughs> this about. is the one with the books right <laughs> i shot a book into the air 
There was a bunch of boring beep boop beep boop buttons and things like that <laughs> at the beginning. Yeah. And then where'd the rocket go? Where'd the rocket go? So the, the rocket goes up in the air and they, they lose track of it. They're like, oh, solar flares maybe. Uh, I don't know, but God helped them. Right. Uh, and then the, the gentleman at the beginning quotes Longfellow and says, I shot an arrow into the air where it landed. I know not where. Right. Yeah. Which is which is where we get the, the episode title. Uh, so the, the the rocket crew, they crash land somewhere. So the we we then find out where they are. They're in like a like a desert area, um, and they've they've crash landed on an asteroid. Um, four of the eight people have died, which leaves Donlin, Corey, and Pearson, and then another individual who's uh, for the first on the verge. First quarter of the episode is on the verge of death, and Corey is. Clearly, from the start, the unhinged one. The, Just, like, token, panicky crew member. <laughs> There's always one. Like, in the Abyss, it's uh, uh, Michael Bean. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Good, good job. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he's... You know, like, in, in like, Terminator, it's, it's uh, like, Michael Kyle Reese. <laughs> <laughs> it's always Michael Bean. <laughs> Uh, but that, my first thought about that was, okay, so this guy's crazy and panicking and I don't know if I would be crazy and panicking either, but to be an astronaut, do you not have to pass some sort of psyche valve? Like a non, like a non-panicky test? Yeah. (laughs) Make sure that you're not going to maybe turn on your crew members. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's a nice thought and we should incorporate that into our, (laughs) our space program (laughs) if it's not already a thing. Um, so so Donlin and, and Pearson are, are the, the sane individuals there. And, and Corey is rapidly saying like, hey, Donlin, why are you, why are you sharing water with this guy who's, who's about to die? Um, and uh, so they get into a brief fight, whatever. And then they're like, Pearson says to Donlin, eh, well, looks like you don't have to waste your water on this guy anymore. He's dead. He's dead. Uh, and of course they're like they're pissed off at Corey, right? Uh, so Donlin's like, okay, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna wait till it's nighttime because it's hot as heck out in this 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 asteroid desert, uh, and then we're gonna start sending out search parties. Uh, you guys go south. You guys you go east, right? They the scene ends, and then it's 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 nighttime, and Donlin's just waiting by a fire like a triangle fire. <laughs> His little gas fire. Yeah, you know, their, their camping kit. Sure. You know, um, marshmallows and all that. <laughs> and Corey comes back. And Donlin is, is immediately suspicious of him, like, Hey, where's, where's Pearson? Uh, oh, I, haven't, I haven't seen him, Colonel. I haven't, I haven't seen him anywhere. Um, but then Corey starts drinking this, this canteen of water, and he's just, like, chugging it, right? Chugging it, spilling it all over the place. Which that was my issue. Can we? Can we? We'll we'll go ahead and talk about that right now. Okay. Stop spilling all the water. <laughs> You're it, with you were the one panicking about there not being enough water. <laughs> Just basically <sighs> giving himself a whore bath with the water. <laughs> this is not the time or the place, Corey. Girl, girl, I need some water to wash this water off my face. <laughs> <laughs> He's brushing his teeth. <laughs> Oh, Corey. Uh, and so Donlin's like, Corey, you, you leave with a, a half a canteen. You come back with a three-quarters 
full camp canteen. Where's Pearson? Where's he at? Where is he? Not where's he at? I know you don't like me to add the at at the end of things because it's incorrect. But where is he? Uh, and so, so Donlin then f- like takes Coltry's weapon and they f- they force him to walk out. They walk out into the desert looking for Pearson's body. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Corey's like, yeah, he, he fell down and then he, I thought he was dead. So I took his water and I didn't want to tell you because you thought you would think I killed him. Uh, which, yeah, of course, you know, that's, I think that now. Yeah, very good. Good guess. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Maybe he did pass that astronaut's exam. <laughs> uh, so, so they trek through the, the, the desert during the day. It's, it's hot. It, they go up rocky mountains through like sand dunes. Which all that scenery, no matter where it is, I was like, that's some crazy, scary looking. Like, if you didn't know where you were anyway, yeah. this if that's all you saw, like, um, oh, we're gonna die out here. Yeah, we're we're effed. Yeah, we're effed. And I'm not walking. I'm not gonna walk and look way over there. Forget it. <laughs> and and you know they're they're in their flight suits this entire time, <laughs> and and I just. I can just imagine how hot it was, not only filming, but, you know, like, if these guys were actually out there. Yeah. Why would they, first of all, why would they have their flights? That's what I was wondering, too, that, and even, like, at night, and I guess it's still hot at night, is what, somebody said that, that it was still hot out there, when, oh, when he came back to uh, camp. Right. And so, I don't know why there was a fire burning. There's some temperature confusion on this asteroid yeah it's 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 hot flashes uh donlin's going through menopause my feet are cold but my (laughs) hands are warm and they don't know what's happening oh it's so hot but cold um i got the hot shivers and so so they trek through the desert and they they find pearson uh turns out that he wasn't quite dead and he he crawled a little ways up up the side of the mountain and donlin dropped Drops his weapon to go and goes talk to him. Which, can we talk about that big old gun that they let him bring on a space mission also? They have the weirdest things on this well, trip. they don't know if they're going to have to shoot an alien. Yeah, I guess. Like, drop your, drop your arms. From now on, whenever I travel, I will bring a butane camping <laughs> fireplace and, uh, and my gun. Yeah, yeah. Those are the only two things you need. And your license. In case you get pulled over. So Donlin talks to Pearson and like, Pearson, talk to me, talk to me, Pearson. He's, he's on the ground. He's like got blood running down his face and, and Pearson with his last bit of energy, his last bit of strength, he puts his finger over into the sand, draws two lines, parallel lines, two parallel lines, not perpendicular. Thank you for, and then one perpendicular line to those <laughs> I parallel say, lines. The parallel lines are horizontal and then he drives one vertical line down the middle of both. It's like he started draw started writing an uppercase E, right? But he only got the two lines and then he, he screwed up. It looks like a H sideways. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He messed up the F actually. <laughs> <laughs> like the, anyways, it doesn't matter. Uh and and Donlin's confused about this. But while he's confused about this, Corey of course picks up this unnecessary gun in space. Yeah. Um and he says, you'll, you'll, you'll pardon me, uh, Colonel, but, you know, with the amount of water that we have, five days, will two men can live, but ten days, one man can live. Uh, so he shoots Donlin, and then he treks away. Rod certainly does his narration of, as, of Corey's uh, conscience. And, of course, 
he gets to the edge of the ridge and he looks over and he and he laughs a maniacal laugh. That <laughs> glory, he's crazy. <laughs> uh, and and he's laughing because he sees what Pearson was drawing about. He looks over the ridge and there's a freeway with the Reno sign 94 miles away. Guess what? They're on Earth. And Pearson was drawing a telephone pole. That's right. They they crash landed on Earth, and mm-hmm. he just he just murdered. But like ninety miles from Reno, so I'd be like, ugh. Yeah, no, I totally would kill some people. Also, <laughs> still, it's still I would miserable. Still, I would still kill them. I mean, even if they knew, like, oh no, we crash landed in the middle of this desert, and I'd still be like, well, you have to die because I need the water to get out of this desert. Yeah, like I, when we broke down, still not a hopeful situation. When we, when we broke down in Texas, I was like. Maybe it's Texas. I don't know. We broke down somewhere. I I thought about killing. It was an you. asteroid. I know it. <laughs> and cars are just like flying past us. <laughs> oh God, we're stuck on an asteroid again. And one of us is gonna have to die. <laughs> I kind of start out every road trip with that like yeah. mindset. I know that maybe I might have to kill you at some point. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Yeah. No. And that's and that's what makes the road trips with you so enjoyable. Yeah. It's the suspense. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so they they end up on Earth the entire time. Uh, so that's that's it. That's the that's the big twist. Chelsea, what did you think of this episode? Roll. I liked it. Cool. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. I'm Brandon. I think. Well, okay. So just uh, watching it for enjoyment, I think it's a pretty good eight. Um, but since okay. I have to watch it and dissect it and think about all these different little things, and I'm like, this episode's kind of more of a six because there's all kinds of weird little. Uh, plot hole things that I that I get with, but just for watching yeah. it for you know for watching it the first time and saying, oh my gosh, they're on this asteroid. How are they gonna? Oh, he killed them out that guy. What? They're on Earth. Yeah, that's a good Twilight Zone twist. That is a good Twilight Zone twist. That might be Twilight Zone. Might be the first show to be like, where you're not in outer space. You're on. I didn't. They do it seventeen more times, but <laughs> uh, yeah, I. I give this an eight and a half. Well, yeah, I, I the extra half. I for? give uh, for for murder. I love <laughs> I love seeing murder <laughs> on the screen. Uh, uh, no, I, I give I give it an eight and a half because uh, I I like the fact that, and I, I'll get into this a little bit more. I, I like the fact that they're on the de- they're on Earth the entire time, uh, and and it's almost a little bit of a meta thing where like. Earlier in this season, the lonely is where, uh, uh, you know, he's he's on the asteroid, the desert asteroid, and mm-hmm. he gets the the android woman, right? Mm-hmm. And so, in the show already, we've already established that, like, yeah, okay, yeah, we accept that uh, uh, a desert planet would be an asteroid ish, right? So then later in the season, when we get to I shot an arrow into the air, the audience already is like yeah we already accept that yeah okay yeah cool the, the fantasy ex- the uh suspension of disbelief is there yeah so then when the twist comes they're like ah smack the forehead got me again rod <laughs> i will say i i would give it the extra half just for his uh narration in the middle when mm. when the guy's walking through the desert and everything because i was like rod serling can describe heat better than anybody i've ever heard <laughs> there's a couple episodes like that where he used to talk about how hot it is and i'm like sweating from his <laughs> description of it it's so good he has the best words yeah. i kind of wish he 
were my narrator for my life by just walking around. Make your tracks, Chelsea. <laughs> Keep moving. He was just always <laughs> describing the sun to me, no matter where I was. Like it feels hot again. Uh, yeah. What is what is what is that line about the sun? It's like not. It says something about accusing gays or something like that. Prolonged. Yeah, it's it, he's basically like describing the sun just always like this is after Corey kills uh, everybody, right? And just he's Serling is basically saying that the, the sun is a like, dead sun in a motionless sky. Basically, like accusing him the entire time. Yeah, it's a, the conscience is is the sun. Yeah. Um, so so this was filmed in in Death Valley. Oy. Why would you ever go there? Uh to to film a Twilight Zone episode. Just go to a soundstage, <laughs> you weirdos. Just just do a mat, um, nap painting. Uh, what do you what do you think overall of like you that setting, the whole that whole asteroid setting and and in the desert? You think that's do you think that's an effective setting for the, the time frame? Uh, because I mean we didn't know what other planets necessarily looked like other than. Well, yeah, I mean, even still, like I said, like if you were in the middle of that um, environment, no matter where you thought you were or knew you were or wherever, it looks just miserable and hopeless and there's nothing, uh, you can't, you know, you just see nothing. And that's really, that's scary. That's like, what's the opposite of claustrophobia when you're afraid outside of like wide of, open space? Outside rophobia. Yeah. Sure. Mrs. Claustrophobia. <laughs> yeah. Uh, with Tim Allen. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, see, he says, he says, uh, uh, Corey says a quote. Well, somebody says a quote uh, towards the end. Uh, oh, it is Corey. Right after he kills Donlin, he says, you're looking for morality in the wrong place. Yeah, I wrote that down too because I like that. Y- yeah. And and you knew that you knew the twist going in, rewatching it. Yeah. Right uh, how how awesome is that? <laughs> He's like, you're looking for morality in the wrong place. Uh, Reno's down the road. <laughs> uh, I liked that line just because I kind of felt like that uh, described any panicky, crazy person in a crisis. They that's kind of what they feel like. Like now is not the time to be a good person. It's time like to fight and survive. And for some reason, those two things can't and go did, together. For a lot of uh, another people. quote, yeah. he says, "Like so this is home now, a, gentlemen." I wrote that down too. Yeah, like, like, ooh, <laughs> foreshadowing. But you don't know that. But I, I mean, when you know what the ending is, to hear that, you're like, "That is so clever." Yeah, yeah. Who absolutely. writes this episode? They should just keep this show. Should be popular. <laughs> they should do a couple more seasons. <laughs> uh, what, what? What else? Was there anything else you want to talk about with this episode? Well, um. The main thing I think we should talk about is what, when we, when it ended, both of us are kind of like, really? You drew a telephone pole <laughs> with your last little bit of yeah. energy? Uh-huh. So I, I didn't criticize right away because I had to stop and think, wait, well, what would I have drawn? And I can't really think of anything better so far. I still feel that while a telephone pole is a very clever uh, way to get across a huge message. It's just so vague that I don't know what he really. Yeah, and so if we're if we're giving ourselves three lines to draw, mm-hmm. 
what would you what would you draw with three lines? Oh gosh, I don't I don't know. I'd have to. I really would have to think about that. But so I get. I mean, if you're dying, and I don't know. I just think like, a telephone pole is such a weird thing. You, with your last last gasping breath, you're like, I've got three lines to give. <laughs> in the in the sand, like I guess it doesn't really matter what you drew, uh, what you would draw, because in that context, you know, when their their brain is somewhere else and we're on an asteroid and all this thing, I, they probably wouldn't leak link anything of such a brief sketch like that to being on earth in reno nevada right you you, you'd almost think that you know they have they have a gun they have a space gun they have they have a a camping kit sure um they've got s'mores i'm (laughs) sure up in there you know why don't they have like a a, a compass paint and easel <laughs> you know so with his like with his last gasping breath he can paint he, happy trees he, he draws he, he paints a beautiful scene of but of okay so if someone were dying and then he painted a telephone pole his last bit would you be like well that guy was crazy right before he died his mind was not all together or they're like wait where did you get that where did you get that paint you wouldn't look at to tell. I mean, if they really could tell it was a telephone pole, I don't yeah. know that my first thought would be like, oh, "This is a telephone pole. There must be a telephone pole over there." I mean, it's just a yeah. And, and I guess if if we're getting going that far into the absurd, why wouldn't you just write, "Hey guys, uh, dear Cor- guys, Cor- Cor- Corey, <laughs> there Corey attacked me. <laughs> he tried to kill me. There are telephone poles, which means that we're on Earth, yeah, guys." Let's stop and think about this for a second. Also, we- I could probably live if you would just uh, give me some medical assistance instead of staying. Dear Diary, <laughs> <laughs> there's a freeway over there. Um, awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's, I wonder why I, at night, you know, aren't there like coyotes and things like that in Death Valley? Aren't there There's some kind of like animal life or you know, vegetation of some kind, whether it's like cactus or... Joshua trees. I know those are things oh, that grow yeah. in the desert. Yeah, you two is usually. <laughs> I just feel like there should have been. Well, I mean, any other kind of hint, but since there's not, yeah, I will draw this sideways H and hope that they figure it out. <laughs> I I am yeah. kind. Of, I think it's silly, and I'm kind of critical of it. But again, I don't have a better option. Yeah, so. true. True that. I I would have I would have drawn, um, I would have drawn a car. I wonder when they were writing that part of the episode, if that was just the first thing he came up with, like, well, he would draw this, and it also kind of looks like an alien sign, so it kind of could be yeah. either one. Like, like uh, ancient hieroglyphics. Yeah, I wonder what their different, when they were spitballing that, what their different ideas were for that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, good. it's a good thought. Draw good a buffet. <laughs> <laughs> Draw the draw the Stardust Casino and Hotel. <laughs> Actually, at first it was like, is he doing a hashtag? Is he writing like, hashtag, sorry I died on the side of the road, guys. Hashtag, still on Earth. Hashtag, not an asteroid. Hashtag, throwback Thursday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, well, is there anything else you want to say about this episode? Nope. Excellent, excellent. Well, well thank you so much for, for coming back on the show um, and being here in my life and being able to um, really tell the audience some funny, funny stuff. I feel like this should just end with a gunshot noise and then you just like, boo. 
and then you laughing maniacally, and then like you were right. Crazy, crazy Corey. Crazy Corey. Classic Corey. Um, well, thank thank you again, Chelsea, and for the for the rest of you. There are a few ways to get a hold of me if you want, you know, if you want to tell me exactly what you would draw uh, if if you were in Pearson's dying position. You can hit me up on Gmail. I'm at s4yapodcast at gmail.com. You can hit me up on Twitter as well. I'm s4ya underscore podcast. Also iTunes, Stitcher, other podcatchers. Uh, go out there and check, search for me. Podcatchers? Podcatchers. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, they, they drive around the city, and if your podcast doesn't have a tag on it. <laughs> Are you being serious? No. Oh. What? What do you mean serious? No, like, it's a dog catcher joke. Oh. You said tag, like hashtag. That's what uh, I, oh. It made sense. Oh, my God. <laughs> where, are we, where are we going with this? <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Uh, ne- next week, we have Matt Ramo back to discuss The Hitchhiker. Uh, But until then, I am Brandon, and thank you for listening. Goodbye, Chelsea. Toodaloo. Let's go drink some more wine.